to read today's passage. Thanks, Phil. Going to go ahead and grab your Bibles. Our reading this morning comes from Colossians chapter 3. We'll be reading verses 1 through to 12. If you then have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things of that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil, desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked, when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which has been renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. This is the word of the Lord. Morning, everyone. It's a great privilege to uh, be together here as God's people, as one nation, in uh, reading God's word and setting our hearts in God's promises. So just uh, I'll give you a, a short background because it's not by, for entertaining purpose, but it will relate to the message. So I'm a Brazilian, half Italian, half Japanese, born uh, in Brazil and married with a Taiwanese. And I usually say that I like Vegemite. <laughs> so uh, who here is like Vegemite? Just to make sure, okay. It, it, it's, it's not for entertaining purpose, but yeah, I need to, do you know in Japan what's the most popular food? Sushi? No, actually now the most popular food is burger. Yeah. I, I didn't realize until uh, I was there. But anyway, keep in mind, uh, I, I can see a half like Vegemite, half doesn't like, but I think the illustration that I'm going to use later is going to work, okay? But for now, um, we are uh, continuing the series in Colossians, Living a Rescued Life. Well, uh, it has been uh, believed that many people, in order for them to live the present, they need to have a future. 
So we usually live in light of our future, and without the future, we don't have a present. For example, the, ch the children. If you want a child to reach the maturity, it doesn't happen, happen like a magic. But it is a process that needs to start in the early stages of life. So if you want the children to reach a maturity, we need to start in the present. Another example, what I see is that a lot of successful people, they can only succeed because they think about the future. Think about Elon Musk. Elon Musk has been this great figure of our time. He has these bright ideas thinking about uh, the future and implementing changes in the present. How about the skyrocket? We see that now uh, uh, Elon Musk's ambition it is to reach Mars. So Elon Musk has been so futuristic that he is preparing right now by building the rocks, spaceships, and even redesigning uh, space suits. But do you know that comes as a cost? Because a lot of people who works with Elon Musk has mentioned that he has spent a lot of time sleeping in the factory because he wants to achieve this dream. But you might be, be thinking, okay, Elon Musk is progressing. Elon Musk is achieving his dream in life. Elon Musk is living the dream. But that's easy. Because he has billions of dollars in his account. He doesn't have to worry about anything. But what do I have for me? And sometimes we think we think that uh, about our circumstances. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe uh, there is a, a trouble uh, in your relationships. But this passage today encourages that if you want to live a fulfilled present, we need to look at our future. And the first point that we need to see is that we need a new focus. And what is this, this new focus that we have in our lives. First, I want to explain that Paul, he likes to explain what is an old life and a new life based on contrast. So he will contrast about people who thinks who are earthly, who thinks just right here and right now, in contrast with people who are saved and rescued by, by, God's, uh, by Jesus' death and resurrection. So people saved by the resurrection will think about things above. So we Christians sometimes cannot see hope because we need to change our focus. And our focus, it goes beyond earth. It's not Mars, but our focus is eternity. And that's what the Bible uh, will uh, unfold to us. So... What's the problem? Why sometimes we feel this sense of uh, hopelessness? Why sometimes we feel a sense of uh, unfulfillment in that we, we are not progressing in life? So most of the problems is because we, when we face challenges and difficulties in life, we look down. Or 
we look around in order to find rescue for us. But the Bible is saying that uh, in verse 1, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So where Christians find rescue, where Christians find hope, is looking at the eternity. Is looking what God has prepared for us. Is looking what Jesus has achieved on our behalf. Do you remember Israel? Israel, what the downfall of Israel was because while they were on their way to the promised land, they started to look down. But they started to look at the other nations. They started to see how that other nations used to live. They, they wanted to find meaning and purpose by following the others, not looking up to God, not looking above, not looking at their final destination, not looking at their future. But the ultimate failure of Israel was when they decided to choose a king, a human king. And the Bible says in Samuel that they wanted to have a human king like the other nations. Very earthly. So many times our frustrations and problems, they are because we we have a short sight of our future. We have a short sight of our destination. While the Bible is saying that heaven is the ideal place in which our Lord has secured for us. So what it means is that we are here just passing away. Earth is not is our home. We are here on a pilgrimage. And is in this pilgrimage is where we should look for our final destination in order to be guided and have a future. But you know, life can be tough. We are living in a very hard uh, moment with the COVID with the war, life can be discouraging sometimes. But the Bible shows that because Jesus has lived because of his resurrection, he holds your future in his hands. He can secure your future, no matter how, what you go through or what you are going through in your life. Jesus holds the future. And do you know that song? Because he lives I can face tomorrow. It is because Jesus lives is that we can face tomorrow. In 1 Corinthians 15, 19, uh, Paul is mentioning about how the resurrection, how the future affects Christian life. And he says that if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are all of people to be pitied. If our life is only hope for now, we would be the most miserable people. So the Bible encourages that sometimes our expectations are short-lived because they are so earthly. They are so uh, timeless, you know. They are so uh, earthly. Instead of looking at the eternity in what 
God has prepared for us. So not only focus, now we are going to uh, check that many times living an earthly life uh, leads us to rely on our own accomplishments. And I'll give you one story. Who knows Chesley Christie? You know? She was the former U.S. Uh, uh, Miss, Miss USA, and she just uh, committed suicide a couple of months uh, ago. And she left a note for the press, and she talked about her accomplishments in life, her achievements, uh, the problem of aging, her work ethic, and the search for a purpose in life. And in her, in her note, she said, Turning 30 feels like a cold reminder that I'm running out of time to matter in society's eyes. It is infuriating. So do you see, the problem sometimes is not that we look down or we look around for rescue, but sometimes you try to find meaning and purpose in rescue inside us. And the problem of not looking at the eternity and our future in order to have hope for now is because we live a life in face of death. Unfortunately, this young lady, she committed suicide. And she committed suicide because her ending, she could only see death. But for Christians, the ending is not ending at all. For Christians, the ending is just the beginning. It's just the beginning of a, of a period in which we will be with Christ and we we'll see Christ face to face. So indeed, sometimes we feel lost. Sometimes we feel this uh, sense of emptiness. But the Bible encourages us do not focus on what you can achieve in life. Did you remember the Tower of Babel? Let's make a name for ourselves. If we live an earthly life, rely on our own accomplishments, life will be just what you can accomplish in life. While the Bible is showing us that we should rely on what Jesus has accomplished for us in his work, in his atonement, in his sacrifice. But since we have a new focus, and also now the Bible is encouraged to rely in God's uh, accomplishments, the, Paul will proceed by explaining on how, how now our future, eternity, and and focus on Jesus' accomplishment will impact our present journey. But in order to explain what Paul is going to unfold, he used an analogy. He used that the Christian journey, the Christian uh, pathway, it, it needs to be disposing of the old clothing and wearing a new one. But before, in order to understand what he wants to say, this passage, uh, we need to look at verse 9 and 10, which is between 
the argument of putting off the new clothes and putting on. But we need to look at the middle. So the, the next verses are like, uh, remember when I say Vegemite? There is a bread, another bread, bread on the top, a bread on the bottom, and a nice Vegemite in the middle. We are going to check what is the key in the Vegemite of this passage, and then we will address both points of contrast that Paul is making. So in verse 9 and 10 is the key verse. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practice and have put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. So, what is the key here? Colossians chapter 1.15 has said that Jesus is the image of God. Jesus is God. Jesus is rescuer. But now, he's saying that as we live with Christ, God's purpose for us is to make us in the image of our creator. And you remember, Jesus is the one who, who created the world. So, in the image of our creator. But how do we achieve that? How, how our future... Our future glory impacts now the way we walk uh, with God. So he will use a process of transformation, which is an exchanging of clothing. An exchange of clothes. So imagine, Paul used an external, an external uh, example in order to address something inward. In order to address something, a transformation that happens inside our hearts. But how does it work? Do you remember before in the Old Testament? When we say, but why Paul used this external uh, illustration in order to provide an inward uh, perspective? Because you remember in the old times that uh, it was not like now that we use our clothes for three months and then we dispose and we get a new one. The clothes were very expensive and especially the colorful clothes. If you read Joshua when his dad gave his colorful robe his brothers were all jealous. But do you know what the clothes meaning? When you receive the special clothes it, mean that, it means that you have a special position. You have a special status. So remember the prodigal son as well? When he returned home, what was his dad? What did his dad do? Was to give a, a new coat, a ring, and new sandals. Oh, in other words, he was reinstating their position, their status before him. But then you might be asking, so now I become a Christian, I have this future, and I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to reach my goal. So, do I need just to become like a Christian? Yes. But, there is a process of undoing first, in which we forget. God needs to undo our old nature. 
getting rid of our old nature in order to build a new world. I'll give one illustration uh, in Brazil. In Brazil, one of our churches, uh, there was a lady, she started to come to church, and, and she was uh, a poor lady. And then people, every week she started to come, come. But one thing in particular that people notice in the church is that she used to wear the same dress all the time. Eventually, after weeks and weeks wearing the same dress, there, there was a filthy smell. So she not only changed, uh, put her own dress, but she never, she never disposed, she never exchanged her dress. So once she started to go to church, people could feel the filthy smell, you know. Eventually, some brothers and sisters said, no, 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 we don't need to pray we need to do something. We need to provide her a new dress. And then a family went and bought a new dress and gave to her. Guess what? The next, the next service, the church was full, like now. And then you think, wow, was to hear God's message. The church was full because people wanted to see this lady with the new dress. And those Presbyterian uh, brothers and sisters, I saw when, when she was approaching the next service, and then I could hear some people want to scream even, Hallelujah! But they had to, to contain themselves. <laughs> but guess what? She appeared in the new dress. And as she approached, she was walking, and then people said, Oh, wow, she's wearing the new dress. Guess what? They started to feel the filthy smell. And then one brother got close to her and then he saw that she was wearing the new dress, wearing the old uh, underneath. So sometimes we want to live a Christian life, but we are still wearing the filthy. And that's why Paul used this analogy that in order to become new, a new nature, we need to dispose of the old things. And then you may ask, what are these things that I need to get rid of? And he will explain in verse uh, 5. Sexual immorality uh, puts to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. So did you see? Sexual immorality and greedy. Let, let's focus on these two. What we need to, to, what they correlate together. Why he says sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greedy. But let's summarize greedy and sexual immorality. Do you know what, what, what it has to do in common? It's because greedy and sexual immorality uh, envisions to gain and exploit others in order to satisfy me. So the thing in common here is that 
instead of looking at people as means for our gain, now the Bible is, is encouraged us to look at people as recipients to receive our love. But in order to be wearing our new selves, the Bible reminds us it is important, it is necessary that we dispose the old life, that we, we, we put on this new self. And you know what the Bible says is that these things is idolatry. John Calvin, he mentioned that the human heart is a perpetual idol factory. We constantly make idols and idols and idols in our lives. But how do we define idols? It's not by looking at a statue. Usually the idols in our lives are the things that consume most of our resource, energy, and time. So disposing of, of ourselves means that all these expectations, you know, all these achievements, earthly achievements, that sometimes we spend most of our energy, time, and resources needs to be disposed in order for us to proceed to a new life. So how God wants to transform us? How, want, how God will transform ourselves? The key here. We had a hint last Sunday when Pastor Clint, he mentioned that uh, God wants to purify us not by rules, not by following religious habits. That purifying process will, will not be something that we can manufacture ourselves. But whether we have a queen verse uh, 7 and 10. Once you walked and also in verse 10, being renewed. You see, this exchanging of clothes, it is a continuous process. It, it is a walk. It is a progression. It is something, it is a journey. It's not that I, I pray the prayer, I accept Jesus, and now that's it. There is a process. And do you know why? Removing the old is very painful. And do you know how God will do this? It's through your daily circumstances. It's, it's through your challenge in life. Do you remember when God delivered Israel from Egypt? There was a desert. God promised them a promised land where they flow honey and milk. But why there was that desert right in the middle? Because God will use circumstances in order to purify us. So the desert was God's strategic plan that he promised a bright future for them. But there was a journey in which they need to go through in order to dispose of the slavery mindset of Egypt, of being oppressed, of being exploited. But to learn their relationship and trusting in God. So have you wondered sometimes that you go through, through moments in which your life seems to be tearing apart 
in which sometimes we are being ripped off, that's God's way to cleanse us. He's transforming us in a new creation, in a new being. So remember, in, in Christian life, there will be tears. But our tears will never be unattended. When I see Israel in the desert, God was a pillar of fire at night and a cloud in the day. The Bible says that 40 years in the desert and their clothes never wore off. So God is, uh, when you go through that moment, remember, God is purifying us. Paul, Paul in chapter 1, verse 24 he says, I rejoice in my sufferings. Could we say, Paul, are you a lunatic? How can you rejoice in sufferings? Do you know? Because progress is relative. Progress and success is relative. If you, for Paul, he was in prison, he, he was on a shipwreck, he was a missionary who started his mission to the ends of the earth in a prison in Rome. And now you can say, I rejoice in my sufferings. Do you know why? Because he knew his future. He was looking into Jesus. And for him to progress in life was to become more his new identity in Christ. So there is a part in which is, I used to say it is uncomfortable grace in which sometimes seems that life doesn't go with your plan. But God has a plan for you, has a purpose. And his purpose is to purify us and to make us like his own image. But the problem for us today is that... Uh, Sometimes we think our great, God's greatest purpose is to bring comfort to us. But the Bible is saying that God's greatest purpose is to make us like his image. Is to recreate us. But then we go to, uh, now instead of disposing the old, we, we need to wear the new one. But it is strange, because when I was reading this passage, the Bible will say, Paul, Paul will transition suddenly uh, from an individual perspective to a corporal perspective. So, from individual to a community. And how he will do that? In verse 11, he'll say, Here there is no Greek and Jew circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is in all and in all. You might be thinking, why suddenly Paul started to address, like, you know, it's not Christianity, it's not in an individual path, but it is a community project. And that's what I see here. Three things that we can learn from this transition is that God rescues individuals to be part of a community, to be part of a family. Also, maturity and growth is not a solo career, but rather it requires community 
engagement. And the third one is that the nature and attributes of being a new nature that Paul will describe here, it's, it transcends culture. It transcends language. And the new identity now is Christian. So by the very fact that a half Japanese, half Brazilian, uh, born in Brazil, married with a Taiwanese, and like Vegemite is here, is because my, our new identity is Christ. And now he will describe what attributes on putting on, you know, on wearing this new self. So he will say in verse 12, put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against one another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive, and above all, this put on love, which binds everything together in perfect unit. So do you see? He's saying that passion, compassion, it needs to be exercised in a family context. It needs to be exercised amongst God's people. But it will require in the same way that putting off the old self will require energy, resource, and time. It will require a lot of time for you to exercise compassion, love. And that's why Paul is saying, unless you get rid of all these earthly things on your way, that consume your time or energy or resource, uh, before you put on the new one, you need to dispose the old one. So do you remember the lady I just mentioned about uh, her old dress? For some people, that lady was disturbing. For some people, that filthy smell was uncomfortable. For some people, it was a hassle. But do you know why God placed that lady in that church? To give an opportunity for Christians to practice the new self. To practice love, compassion, and mercy. So, we need to see that there is a new one. But in order to make a new one, we need to put off our old lifestyle, the old way we used to live, in order to pursue the things that it is according to God's will. And, by, and just to uh, finish, this, this, uh, this image of wearing a clothing is not new. In Genesis 3, you will see that, do you remember when Adam and Eve they eat the fruit and they ran away and they try to make uh, some uh, clothing out of leaves. So, but by making that clothes, clothing out of leaves, they still remain guilty. They still felt ashamed. And then later in the verses, we see that God provided a, a garment 
made of skin of animal. Some people might say, oh, maybe it was gold outside the garden. But that's God's promise for them. Is that in order to cover their shame and their guilty, he will, he will provide a sacrifice. The skin required a sacrifice. So when, when they wore that skin, there was no shame. Because God was promising the one who would come and sacrifice for them. Have, have you realized if you live in the church, people who will hurt you the most are people in the church? So how can we love? How can we forgive one another? If we think that our new status in, that in, in the pursuit of the new self is a work that you are doing a work hard from you, we are wrong. We'll never be able to love and forgive. But if we think a God who covered us, who in his righteousness, you know, who accepted us, and then we will understand that our attitude will be a response to what God has done first. Have you heard the expression, I'm living the dream? We all want to live our future. But I tell you that God in Genesis 3 was living, was already predicting the future. Or was already living the present at that stage, at that point in time. He, he knew that humanity would deserve death. But because of the skin that he provided, the cover for our shame and guilt, it gave hope for Adam and Eve, for all humanity to live. Did you see? Even God showed us that because of the future, because he, he, his promise was to save us, there was a price, there was a journey to be walked into. Think about Jesus coming to earth, being betrayed, being, uh, being mocked, suffering death, poverty. But do you know why he went through this journey? Not because he needed claims, but he wants to be the propitiation for us. He wants us to set a future. He wants us to show us that we Christians and, and we, we need to focus on the life where it is to come, the life above. So in conclusion, I'm not here to discredit Elon Musk. I know he's a very smart guy, but look at the plot of Elon Musk. We can see the desires of our hearts. Elon Musk is this figure that is like a, a hero, he knows that there is no future on earth. And he's trying to provide rescue for people above in Mars. Do you know where I see this story? I see this story in the Bible. Who was, who was uh, in, the, in God's history 4,000 years ago. Have you wondered I, why 
Sometimes nothing in this earth can satisfy our soul because we were made for another place. We were made for heaven. But look, Elon Musk cannot deliver it. But we have a rescue who can deliver us to our final destination, who is with us, no matter what, in good times or in bad times. And remember that in the process of our final destination, God is transforming us according to his image. Do you know I'm the middle brother? And having an older brother, I always wanted to be like my older brother, to wear like him. But the problem with my brother is that he always changed his style, his music, you know, he was always changing. So I always had to follow him. If you love Jesus, if Jesus is everything for you, you will want to become like him. So don't see the, this, the bad circumstances or trials or tribulations as God destroying you. But see as God in transform us like in his image, like holy people, like a holy nation that uh, mentions in the Bible. And just to finish, I always like to finish with a reflection. Another thing is that I had to disappoint you today because my sermon was only two-point sermon. <laughs> but I want to say to you that I put a three-point reflection. But I cheated because each reflection has almost two questions. <laughs> but I need to balance out. But that's the reflection for us to take home. How far have you been looking at your future? Are you having this earthly mind, you know, expectations, achievements in life in which has drained you and obscured your vision to look at eternity? How does eternity and Jesus' power and glory impact your present situations? How do you face your present situations in light of your eternity? How your dreams, expectations correspond to those who are being rescued to become the image of our creator? What has your approach to people in our local community in order to exercise your new status and your new state before God? Did you see? The, the passage started by showing us our position before God as rescued as with him, as we have his own life. So it talks about the status. But also the Bible says that people who have this status will be transformed and have a new state in life. And God has placed us here today, not as an individuals only, to be individualistic, but to be part of community, to be part of a family, in order to exercise our love. How do you commit to this new journey? How do you now see what is progress and success in life? Do we see success in life through the vision of our, our future in God's accomplishments instead of our own? So may the Lord bless us. May, may the Lord help us to see that we live in the light of eternity. And we live a rescued 
life. So, bless you.